0: You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, Gospel Choir. That's so incredible. So, good morning. I'm Emily Walsh. I'm in my 16th year of teaching at Asbury. I teach accounting. (laughs) I've got some of my accounting students down here in the front. Some of them are in the drip. (laughs) Others, maybe not. Anyway, I also serve as the department chair for finance and accounting. And the Dayton School of Business, the NCAA Faculty Athletic Representative for our student athletes, Go Student Athletes, and the Faculty Advisor for the Erie Investment Group that's out of the school of business. Yes that is a yay. Uh, My husband Eric is the assistant director of safety here at Asbury. You may know him. He's often on campus in the evenings and giving your parking passes. And we've been blessed with two wonderful children, Susanna and James, who are here along with my dad and my mother-in-law and a Dear friend to us, joining us this morning. So as this morning is for our faculty and staff stories, I've been praying about what part of my story God wanted me to share with you. And the response was all of it. But fear not, I only have 10 minutes. It's always dangerous to give a faculty member the stage, but I am good with managing time, Greg, so... We should be okay. Ultimately, what I believe God was telling me is that he wants me to share with you how he is so interwoven into my story that for my life, there is no story without him. I was blessed to be raised by two Bible-believing Christians who modeled unconditional love and taught me that no matter what, God is faithful, we just have to trust him. Our family had its fair share of challenges, grief, and trauma, but through it all, my parents have always stood firm in the belief that if we keep our eyes on the cross, we know that God is faithful. He will always be faithful. So on Monday, Professor Gaffney mentioned that there are times that prospective parents want to know how to keep their child's faith the same while they are away from them. When in reality, that is the time for your faith to become your own. This is my hope and prayer for each of you in this room because that is part of my story. Some of you in this room may share the same experience of coming to Asbury with me. I was never coming here. I was never staying and I've never left, okay? (laughs) Be careful what you tell God you're not gonna do. For me, uh, it was sometime during the second semester of my freshman year that I finally accepted that I was where God wanted me to be. And I had a choice, a choice to be in his will or to continue acting like I was the perfect Christian but still fighting him. It was definitely 50-50 for a while, but if you were a believer, you know that a posture of defiance and disobedience even when in private, is very uncomfortable and a stressful way of life. Because our Heavenly Father deeply desires to be in communion with us, and there is no past that surpasses all understanding when we are not. One of our past provosts said, isn't it amazing that God loves us so much that he allows us to go through difficult times so that we can know him more and draw closer to him? Let me say that again. Isn't it amazing that God loves us so much that he allows us to go through difficult times so that we can know him more and draw closer to him. That may be difficult for us to hear, but this is true of my story when he brought me to my knees my senior year at Asbury so that I would ultimately yield my will to his. Between the spring of my junior year and the fall of my senior year, our family lost two significant family members— I was doing my internship, my niece was born, I ended a long-time relationship that was not drawing me closer to God. I was trying to figure out what I was supposed to do with my life after college, and our business program lost its founder and beloved accounting faculty member very suddenly in a car accident. I can still vividly remember when it all came crashing down on me in my dorm room, and I was crying out to God that I could not take any more. It was too much. And then he reminded me that he never asked me to take it on alone, that he promises us in scripture that we can do all things through Christ. It's taken me a long time to really fully appreciate that. We have to do it through Christ, with him, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It was during that time in my life that God gave me my life verse, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will guide your path straight He reminded me that although it seemed like my world was crumbling around me, that I didn't have to understand everything, he was still faithful. He had not changed, and I could trust him. And that was when the faith of my youth and my parents became my fully integrated faith story. Now, I would love to tell you that I suddenly became the pinnacle of Christian perfection at that moment, but that would have been far too easy And frankly, it would have robbed me of the journey of learning to become more like Christ. What changed drastically in me at that time was my perspective. I knew that I had to yield total control, accept God's perfect timing, and choose joy regardless of circumstance. Mind you, I was still an imperfect human, but the desire of my heart was truly to become more like Christ each day. So what did this look like, practically speaking, when I was in your seat and at that time. Remember, I was a senior at Asbury, and I was job hunting. Anybody relate to that? As the child of an accountant, I knew exactly what the career of an accountant should look like until God started closing doors that I assumed I was supposed to enter. During the process, I was frustrated, hurt, bewildered. I questioned whether I was smart enough. You name it, I probably felt it. And I'm sure that some of you have experienced it even recently. But through that time, and much to my chagrin, God kept reminding me that his timing and his plan would be perfect for me. I just needed to trust him and be obedient. So I was scheduled to go on a mission trip to Honduras during the spring semester of my senior year, still jobless, and questioning whether going was a responsible choice when I should be job searching. I poured my heart out to my professor, my mentor, and she told me, if he has called you to go, you must go. So a bit reluctantly, I went, but within two weeks of returning from that trip, I had three interviews and the job offer that God wanted me to accept. What God knew that I did not is that he had plans for me to become a professor, and so my career path looked different because he was going before me to equip me for a long-term path that I would never have imagined on my own and that far exceeded anything that I could have planned for myself. Another story, when I was younger, I desperately wanted to find my soulmate. And of course at Asbury, there's that underlying current of pressure of finding someone here. I did not. Ironically, Eric and I were both students at Asbury at the same time, but we did not know each other. Is that even possible? It is. But why? Because we were not ready for each other yet. That's the simple answer. God was still shaping each of us individually to be more like him. We became friends a couple of years after I graduated, but God kept us in that friendship until we were ready in his time. So you ask, how did I know that he was the one? Because God was elevated through our relationship and it brought me closer to God, not away from him. And that was the first time I'd ever experienced anything like that in a relationship before. Those things that draw us closer to God, that's when we know we're in his will. In my humanness, I never could have imagined that God would give me someone that exceeded the deepest desires of my heart. But why not? God delights in us. When we are obedient and we trust him, we give him the opportunity and the pleasure of enacting his full blessings upon us. We need to believe that. He wants that for us. He delights in you and me. And all he asks for in return is that we obey and trust him. Now, we are not exempt from the challenges of a fallen world. We have faced a myriad of health issues, the deep grief of losing a parent suddenly, career changes, job loss, financial strain, continuing education, raising our beautiful children, and caring for our wonderful parents as they age. And through it all, God has always been faithful. His timing has always been perfect, and he has never changed. We put our full trust in him because we know him. And he promises us time and time again in his word that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And beyond that, we know that he loves us unconditionally. And he bestows his blessings upon us time and time again, even when we may not feel worthy of it. In Lamentations chapter 3 verses 22 through 23, it tells us that the steadfast love of the Lord. It never ceases. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Let me say it again. Listen to that. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It's unconditional. We're not worthy, but he chooses us, right? His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. So I want to encourage you this morning to walk into his will and his plan for your life. Choose today to draw closer to him and to allow him to transform your life so that you can rest in his presence. You can experience his peace that surpasses all understanding. And you can give him the opportunity to reveal to you that he is always faithful and you can always Trust him. Thank you for letting me share my story with you this morning, and please join me in welcoming my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Tolu Bawaji.
1: Hi, guys. So I received this email and I said yes, and a few days after that, my mom passed away. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Unlike Dr. Walsh, I'm not going to cover the past few decades, but I'm going to cover the past few months of my family's life. I would say my mom passed away suddenly and it has brought a lot of grief to the family and grieving is difficult. But the point is to put God in your grieving. There are good days, there are medium days, and there are bad days. And there are sudden moments like, for example, going through Kogas and seeing all the gluten-free stuff and my mom likes gluten-free products. But no matter what, always bring all your emotions to God. And God is fine with all your emotions, the good ones as well as the bad ones. If we look in the Bible, we see see him with Elijah. We see him with Agar. We see him with Ruth and Naomi. It doesn't matter what you are going through, whatever trial you are dealing with, he is able to handle it and comfort you. Psalm 34 verse 18 says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And now I know some of you may say, I don't have anybody that died for me, but you may still be grieving loss of relationships, loss of friendships. Your life may not be as you expect it to be this semester. Or maybe God has told you that he's setting a new career path for you. You may be grieving what you thought your life was going to be. Whatever the situation is, let him comfort you and don't run away but rather run towards him because he can manage it and he has been comforting my family. So if I was, you were to ask me last year what August 8, 2023 would look like for my family, I would say my mom will be home with one of my brothers, just one, or my mom and I and my dad will be in Nigeria because that's what was supposed to happen. I wasn't supposed to be in the country, and two of my siblings were not supposed to be in the country. So in terms of my testimony, I will just tell you how God showed up in the timing. On August 8, 2023, three of my siblings were home, which means I wasn't home. Two of them were not supposed to be home, and those two were the doctors in the family. Actually, my mom may not have been home because she asked me in the spring of 2023 if I wanted to go to Nigeria with her. And I said, no, mom, God said I shouldn't plan my summer, so I'm not going to Nigeria. And I think that was part of the reason, as well as feedback from her family in Nigeria that she didn't go home and I'm glad because I cannot imagine moving out from Nigeria. In 2023, mom saw all her grandchildren. She has five grandchildren, and just due to circumstances, she got anger with all of them. And as I said, two of my siblings should not have been home, but once again, due to circumstances, they were back home. And they were home for a good time, including my second, the second born, my brother, who hasn't been home for that time, length of time since like 2012 when he migrated. As I said, the two of them were doctors, and my sister was there when she sat down and fell unconscious. And she tried to resuscitate, and she called my brothers, and the two doctors took her to the hospital. Since my brother doesn't know the country much anymore, he was driving the wrong way, and he got a police escort. So they got to the hospital very quickly because he was doing something wrong on the road. (laughs) And when they got to the hospital, they tried everything to help her. And why am I saying this? Because we know that it was in the hands of God and anything that could have been done to help my mom was done. Okay, and then for those of us who were not home, I had just left my sister-in-law and her two kids the day before when it happened. But guess what? My sister-in-law's mom was traveling to meet her. So the next day when she found out the news, she was not alone. My dad was in Lagos, Nigeria for I think there might be at least one Nigerian here. And I was glad for that because that was where the airport was. When I talked to him a couple days before, it was he said, I am in the city where you were born, and that is not Nigerian. I'm in Lagos, so I was thankful that he could get to the airport. As for me, I was in Chicago. I was not supposed to be in Chicago. I was supposed to travel to Charlotte and then from Charlotte go to San Francisco because I randomly decided I was going to San Francisco to see a friend who just had surgery. I don't buy last-minute tickets, but I did. There was weather stuff going on in Charlotte, so we didn't land in Charlotte. We landed in Charleston. I don't even know where Charleston is. So we landed in Charleston, and they're like, you have to stay here for two more days. I said, that makes no sense. I have to come back to Kentucky on Saturday. So they rerouted me to Chicago, and I was thankful. Because if you need a same-day ticket, Chicago is a good place to be in terms of options to go back to Jamaica. I was also thankful that I talked to my mom about one hour before she passed away. And when I checked with my siblings, she talked to all of us on that day before she passed away. It was also a very quick process, and our last view was a dollhouse. She was actually talking to one of my nieces about a dollhouse, and she said, I need to sit down, and that's when she became unconscious. So, I don't have any slides, but I will say I have takeaway points as a teacher. So trust this hand in situations even if you don't see it. How else did God show for us? He showed up in community. From that day for two weeks, we just had people dropping meals to us. We had people flying in, and because people flew in, we had people opening up their homes to our guests. There were people helping us to plan. There were people visiting, playing with the kids. My niece, Faye, just had so many aunties showing up and helping her with her dollars and whatever else she wants to do. At this point, I would like to say thank you so much, Hasbury University, for all your prayers and check-in. And I would encourage students to be a community, ensure that you are part of a community, and allow other people to see you as a support system for them. Ask God to guide you in terms of who you should be vulnerable with. He also showed up in terms of financial provisions. Money showed up from various countries. And personally for me, buying a same day ticket is not a joke. But I had a friend who just said, I'm gonna pay for all your flights. I had medical expenses because I was actually at the doctor's office in Chicago when I found out. And I had to go back home where I have no insurance. And that was very expensive. And just in different ways, God brought the money over. And then, I think I have a little minute to make a little joke. So in Jamaica, whenever, mom, whenever somebody passed away, mom buys water and she gives money. And I never knew why. Every time, mom's like, well, let's go to Pricemart and buy water. Pricemart is like Costco or Sam's Club. So I'll go with my mom and I'll buy crates of water. And I didn't know until mom passed away. In Jamaica, traditionally, you have what's called a repast, which is where you feed people after the funeral, and that's what she was donating water to. So when we were paying the caterer, my sister said, make sure you tell them not to bill us for water, and that's when the dots connected, because by this time we had over 200 bottles of water in our house waiting for the funeral. And finally, I felt his presence, or we all felt his presence, as as part of why we showed up. There was comfort in the journey, especially for me, traveling home, knowing the news. I pretty much cried all the way. But he was comforting me and reminding me that she's in a better place. And during the flight, he gave me Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I was able to give the eulogy at the funeral, but two days later I lost my voice. And I would like to thank all my students who survived those few weeks of me not having a voice while I'm teaching you, punctuated by a random coughing at God knows any point in time. But during that time, he gave me 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardship, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong." And then the song that's been really going through my mind is Firm Foundation by Maverick City. If you look through the songs and the passages that I've read to you, there's a trend of strength from God and Jesus. So it's not by my own strength that I'm continuing. And this is how I'm surviving. I encourage you in your trials, it doesn't only have to be in terms of grieving, to draw your strength from your king. I know where my mom is, and I thank God for that assurance. And now I'd like to close in prayer. Dear hey God, thank you so much, because we know who you are, and we know that you are in control. Even when we don't see the situation, we know that you are, your hand is in the situation. And I pray, God, for these students and faculty and staff, that whatever they are going through, that they can know that they can draw nearer to you, and that they will get the comfort from you, God. And even if they don't see you in the situation, that they can hold on to the Word and trust that you are in the situation for them just as you were with Elijah and various other characters in the Bible. In Jesus' name I pray.